0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
1: We are going to talk today about the expansion of the Kingdom of God. A conversation today about the cause of churches planting churches, which plant churches. Did you catch that? The cause of churches planting churches, which plant churches. Mostly we think of planting churches as either something somebody did in the past or something that the pastor dreams about. We often don't give much thought to our own role in the planting of churches. But what if ordinary Christian believers were an integral part of the process of how the kingdom of God continues to expand and put down roots in whole new communities that are a blessing to generation after generation, Well, Acts 29 Network is a global family of church-planting churches. Our privilege today to have Adam Ramsey with us. He's lead pastor of a church on the Gold Coast called Liberty Church, Gold Coast in Queensland, and hosting the Acts 29 Network conference that's coming up later this month through 22nd to the 24th of February. So let's talk some issues to do with planting churches and what your role and mine might be in the next church plant in your community. A special welcome to you, Adam Ramsey. Great to be with you here, Neil. Thanks for having us. Adam, let me start with something really controversial. If I turn in my Bible to Acts 29, I'm going to discover something pretty serious and significant. What is it? It's It's a shocking
2: chapter, really. Um, in Acts 29, uh, that chapter doesn't exist in the Bible. So uh, our network name for our church planting network, Acts 29 network, it's a global network. Uh, We're saying, hey, the book of Acts finishes at the 28th chapter, and we are now, as God's people, living between the already of Christ's resurrection and the not yet of his return. Uh, We are living in the 29th chapter of the Acts Of the Church of Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. So that's where we are right now.
1: Okay, well, what a relief because uh, the idea of there not being an Acts 29 for listeners who right now are turning in their Bible saying, (laughs) hey, what's this Acts 29 network? I better check this out. Hang on a second. There's not much substance to Acts 29. There is no Acts 29, except there is because Acts 29 is what you and I are a part of. Yeah, we're standing in it. When we talk about the cause of churches planting churches, Uh, This is really something we can come back to the scriptures and say there is a continuation of the book of Acts. It is Acts 29, and we're all supposed to be a part of that Acts 29. Some of us who are just warming the pew in church or comfortable in our church life, perhaps not even thinking about the idea of planting churches, what is it that inspires you about what church planting is to the ordinary believer?
2: Well, I think church planting is it really is the mark of maturity for any church it should be what we're aiming for and and shooting at in understanding hey if we're if we're kingdom people not just me and my church but we're thinking about the expansion of the kingdom and the advancement of the gospel here in Australia then we need to be thinking what multiplication means for us uh individually both through praying through church planting or praying over church planting giving towards church planting being a part of church planting, equipping future church plants out of existing churches. Uh, The goal has got to be multiplication when we talk about maturity as
1: churches. And the interesting thing here is this is not something new, is it? Because anyone who goes for a drive through Outback Australia, uh, through Australian country towns, uh, into small regional communities, bigger regional cities into our capital cities. There are churches everywhere, and that indicates something of our history, that there has been a history of church planting in Australia, and if it's not in our thinking now, perhaps it's time for a revival of that sort of thinking, Adam.
2: Absolutely. We need tens of thousands of new churches across Australia, uh, and sometimes you hear the thing, you know, the the, the statement, and I think it's a, a misstatement of, Don't we have enough churches already? Don't we have – can we just get those healthy? I mean, we've got our hands full just doing that. Um, And the reality is if we were to fill every single existing church five times over on a weekend, we would still be only scratching the surface of the number of people that can actually come under the sound of the gospel. So uh, take, for example, our city of the Gold Coast. We have uh, 80, 90 churches, somewhere in that range. If you were to fill every single one of those existing churches five times over, like which is probably the the most you know any sane pastor wants to do on a weekend, um, you would maybe reach and get into the building sixty to eighty thousand people. Now, for our city, which is coming up on seven hundred thousand people, you're talking about reaching maybe ten to fifteen percent of the city's population that can just get into the building. So the reality is, even though it can feel like, man, there might be a lot of churches around, we've got a lot uh, of work to do in seeing more churches established
1: and planted out. Let's talk about this Acts 29 network of which you are a part. And uh, I know that this is not in itself its own denomination. Uh, you might be able to correct me on this, but it it actually reaches across denominations and there are churches that come from all different flavors that are a part of the Acts 29 network because they are intensely interested in planting churches. How does Acts 29 work? That's right. Acts 29 is a, a single issue network uh, where a
2: diverse global family of church planting churches And so we do share some common theological distinctives, but then we also have across the board there um, different expressions of church in Baptist and Presbyterian, Anglican, Church of Christ, uh, charismatic, non-denominational, kind of right across the theological spectrum. Um, But the shared commitment, the big idea that, uh, that binds all that together is gospel centrality and the planting of new churches.
1: So... Let's talk about leaders in all of this because if we're talking to today uh, ordinary people, perhaps not necessarily in a formal leadership role in their local church thinking, you know what, this is something our church could do we've got a nearby town, we've got a suburb near us doesn't have our flavour denomination with a church there yet and we ought to have one there. In fact, there's so many opportunities I don't know why the pastor's not actually pursuing those sometimes the pastor's intensely busy uh, and there are roles for people who have this passion for doing something to expand the kingdom of God that no doubt you'd be looking to connect with. Absolutely.
2: So so for us, in looking at church planting as our big issue, that means both new churches being planted and then coming alongside existing churches, and we, we have a pretty rigorous assessment process for both, existing churches that want to mature into church planting churches that say we want to uh, uh, celebrate sending uh, and not just seeding, okay? You know, J.D. Greer's got a great line uh, talking about valuing success as our sending capacity, not just as our seeding capacity. How many can we get into a room? So when we redefine success to how many can we send out, uh, it changes the way that we, we look at our communities, we look at our cities, and we see, like Peter Wagner said, that the single most effective strategy under heaven is the planting of new churches for the
1: evangelization of the world. So. Now, let's come back to something important here because every single church starts as a church plant. That's right. And somehow or other, it can be very quickly lost that this is what we're supposed to prepare ourselves to do again and again. When you talk to ordinary people who say, well, I'm comfortable in my local church, uh, we're doing some good things. We're feeding the homeless. We're looking after kids with breakfast before school. We're doing all sorts of great stuff. Uh, what about this church planting idea? Is it an optional extra or is it something that somebody in church needs to be thinking about on a regular basis and looking for opportunities?
2: No, I don't think it's an optional extra. I think it's, it really is the pattern we see through the book of Acts. Um, and again, we, you know, we've got to determine between prescriptive and descriptive texts, and Acts is describing what's happening there in the early church. But we do see a fantastic model and example of Paul, uh, in particular, going into new cities and leaving in his wake new churches, uh, not just not just an evangelistic program, but an evangelistic people that were coming together around the finished work of Jesus and then looking to multiply that work across their city and into the surrounding towns and regions there. So uh, I think for, you know, you're talking about your average listener kind of listening in going, how important is church planting? I think it's incredibly important. Uh, one, from a uh, just a purely um, evangelistic impact point of view, uh, there's so much data out there. But, you know, on average, a new church plant is going to bring six to eight times more Uh, people into the life of the body of Christ than an established church of that same size. So new churches better reach uh, more people who don't know Jesus right now. And I think there's a pull in all of us towards institutionalization where very, very quickly and easily we do settle. Uh, We do get into our rhythms. We do develop our own unique traditions. And that's not confined to just any denomination, right? Uh, Baptists to Anglicans to Pentecostals, everyone's got their traditions that makes uh, their flavor of church unique. But uh, when those traditions begin to trump movement and the advance of the
1: gospel and the speeding ahead of the word of God— uh, we've, we've begun to lose our way a little bit. Let me, though, uh, hit you with something that some people will be thinking, and that is, uh, but Adam, we want a big church. We don't want to hive off, you know, 30 people to go and be part of a church planting project somewhere. Uh, we're struggling to get those numbers up, and there's financial issues, and we've got budgets to meet, and, uh, and we're just looking to get our church a little bit bigger so we can be a lot more comfortable. What are your thoughts for the sort of person who says uh, a big church is better than many churches?
2: Yeah, uh, there's a right time to plant a new church out of a church. And absolutely, wisdom is going to have a really important place in determining where that church is at and its current financial ability and its current size. And uh, those are good factors to consider as long as we're saying the goal should still be the multiplication of more churches and not just we want to get our thing big here now. Really that, that serves me, my interests as a church attender, but not really the advancing of the kingdom of God. So I think new church plants are um, incredibly important in that it it not only does it allow churches to create a healthy level of chaos, okay, within their church. So you send out, typically with a church plant, you send out some of your best people. Now what that does is that that empowers more people, more leaders within the body of Christ to spread their wings and use their gifts to the glory of God in reaching more people uh, with the message of Jesus. And it creates a vacuum in the sending church that allows people who might have been just sort of flying under the radar to go, you know what, there's a a leadership gap here and allows them to step in and step up and carry more weight, more meaningful uh, engagement with their own local church. So it is costly. Absolutely. It's cost us more emotionally, more financially, um, more just just thinking through uh, what we call gospel goodbyes in Acts 29. Uh, you know, these bittersweet see you laters, but for the sake of the kingdom. Those are hard to do. Absolutely. But so, OK, let me let me tell it to you and what's happened at our church liberty. We were able to send out a core group on our second birthday as a church of 50 something people up. Uh, from Carrara, where our church is on the Gold Coast, to Coomera, which is uh, an area between Brisbane and the Gold Coast that's just expanding rapidly. Lots of new people moving to Coomera. And so uh, we sent out 50 or so mature, godly, generous, disciple-making disciples to form a new church. And they were already on the ground up there. They were already living amongst the community. And did that cost us? You bet it did. Uh Our church is never going to be the same again because of the people that we sent out. But we know that Coomer is never going to be the same again because of the people we sent out. And so it is costly, but the cost is worth it.
0: Life, culture, and current events from
1: a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. I wonder if you've ever been part of a church plant. You might like to tell us your story and just how things went. I mean, I'm sure not everything goes smoothly. It's wonderful to hear the good stories of how good things happen. Not everything always goes smoothly, but, hey, you if you don't have a go, you won't achieve anything. Our special guest this hour is Adam Ramsey. He's leading Acts 29 Network. Uh, There's a conference coming up 22nd to the 24th of February. Let's talk some of the practicalities here, uh, Adam. Uh, When you're looking at how you prepare to plant a church, no doubt there is a prayer foundation that's laid, and that prayer foundation seems to lead to a certain excitement about doing something new for God. Uh, What do you talk about when you discuss sort of laying foundations for what might happen in your church? And, you know, you don't do this next week or next month. You perhaps plan this over a period of time. What about some of the planning logistics? What do you do to prepare? Absolutely start with prayer.
2: Uh, And we we believe God has sovereignly chosen prayer as the vehicle through which he is going to accomplish his will and purposes in this world. And so if we are not laying before God any plan, any desire, any ambition around church planting as our first step, uh, we've already missed the the boat on that one. Uh, So, yes, let's let's bathe and saturate uh, church planting ambitions in prayer. Uh, And then you talked about logistics. Well, I think that the next logistic is figuring out uh, where is God perhaps leading me to be a part of a church plant or to plant a church? And then with who? What does that look like? Building that team and, and getting people involved And what kind of model are we going to plant a church with? And there's all sorts of different kinds of church planting models. I mean, there's the uh, I'm offended and angry, so I'm going to split my church model of church planting, <laughs> okay. which we don't recommend um, as a go-to model. Uh, there's the you know parachute drop, just kind of dropping into a new city with your family, uh, maybe a couple of families there, and uh, that can be great. I've got some friends that have done that, and that's going to be a, a lo- longer, slower burn as far as just gathering that core group. Uh, but it can also be really fruitful and really beautiful, but it's going to be difficult as well doing that uh, in the absence of meaningful relational connections in a place already. Um, You've got your, like what we did, we kind of hived off a group of people. We figured for us uh, at Liberty, look, church planting is hard enough as it is. So we don't want to make it more difficult than it needs to be. And so uh, we started looking to, Sort of develop a critical mass of people in a certain area of our city. And that for us was, was Coomera, which is about 20 minutes north of our current church. And, and so we had three gospel communities, uh, meeting, gathering together midweek in that Coomera area. And then they came under the leadership of a, um, church planting resident that we, we, funded as a church, that we fully covered uh, his salary and brought them into the team and into onto staff and DNA and did some of that, and then six months later sent them out uh, under that leadership to begin a new church
1: plant um, with, again, those 50 or so people. So uh, Now, when we talk timeframes here, and uh, you're doing this, as you say, on the second anniversary of your church, you were able to release a whole bunch of people onto a new church, church planting pro- uh, project. Uh, people are going to be at different stages. Is there an optimal timing that you would put on this, or is it something that you really have to be uh, open to, leading of the Holy Spirit, uh, God's timing, waiting for the doors to open in the way that he uh, might be, uh, you know, encouraging hearts, uh, inspiring people to move along with the vision. How do you get the timing right for when you would plant a church? Yeah, we, we went pretty quick. And so that's, that's unusually quick. And
2: that's not something to say, Hey, you should plant a church in the first two years of your church plant. Uh, that's just how God unfolded our particular part of that story. Um, I think. You need to be sensitive to the Spirit's leading and what He's doing within that church, and it may be a season um, of of just getting healthy and viable. That's that's a good thing, and then, but always thinking, what's our next step? What's our next missional risk that God's calling us to take in the expansion of His kingdom and in the multiplication of churches, that plant churches, that plant churches, that plant churches. So uh, I think, look, uh, there's there's some statistics that come in around if you don't plant a church within the first five years or so of your church's life, there's a good chance you never will. Uh, now, that's just a stat. That's not, you know, you know, biblical truth, but it's sobering. So we want church plants in Acts 29 to be thinking toward from day one What does it look like for us to perhaps, Lord willing, send out a church plant or a church planter in the first
1: five or so years of their life as a church? Okay, there's a good time frame there. What about the sort of person who might be ideal as the one who might spearhead or lead that church plant? Uh, Is there a particular age? Is this a time for... Uh, young men and women, young couples, even young families to be the leaders of these church plants? Or is this a time for someone perhaps who's a mature believer? Sometimes people talk about a time when in your life where you have a second wind. You've done some good things in your career. You're at a point where you say, now what am I going to do to serve God? Is this the appropriate time? Or mm. is it for even people who are in retirement years thinking, I've got 20 good years ahead of me yet. Why don't we go and plant a church? What about an optimal Type of person and age to go church planting?
2: Oh, I love that question. Look, I think uh, young there's young guys in particular that early twenties can start feeling that burn towards church planting, and and maybe, but we would say, hey, just test that in a in a local church. Just just allow yourself to grow and mature in the Word. Uh, early twenties, I know, speaking from experience, uh, is also the equivalent of just arrogance, uh, thinking we know more than what we actually do, and so. I'm glad we didn't plant a church in our early 20s. That would have been a total catastrophe. So I thank God that we were under, we we're able to be under good and godly leadership that matured us, that that allowed us space to still serve with our gifts and still be a blessing, but but not go run too fast, too far out in front without first being tested and without having uh, just some, you know, having some of the knocks of life. Sober me as a young man and and deepen empathy for others who might be suffering. Uh, there's just not a lot in your early 20s that qualify you for that pastoral empathy. But all that to say, no, I don't think there's a hard age. I mean, we're kind of looking for uh, and encouraging, you know, if there's young guys that are thinking, you know, church planning, uh, if you're under 25, hey, maybe go be a part of a church plan. Be a part of that team. Learn it uh, from the team angle And then after 25 or so, not, not that it's a hard rule, but, but we're looking for that in the assessment after 25. Yeah. Start exploring that as a possibility. Uh, and then you said, uh, people who are older in life, right? More seasoned in their years. Uh, I heard a story recently of a group of 80 something year olds who moved into the same retirement home for the sake of planting a church there to reach their peers with the gospel. That's one of my favourite things I've heard in the last few years. That's incredible.
1: This is so interesting because sometimes we can have in our mind uh, the picture of what a church plant looks like. Uh, Someone's thinking, oh, we go and hire a warehouse space or someone's thinking we buy a block of land and we build a shed on it. Pardon me. Uh, But then as you say, the church plant doesn't have to actually look like a building. It looks like what those group of people might be in the context they find themselves in. So in a retirement village, you can have a church being planted by people who have that passion to plant the church there. Absolutely. Uh, Let me
2: give you another example. Uh, One of our heroes in Acts 29 that we just love uh, is a guy named Ray Ortland. and he pastors a manual church over in Nashville. Uh, The Gospel Coalition website blog did a great write-up on some of that story of the Ortlands uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and Ray is actually our keynote speaker at our upcoming conference next week. Uh, He and his wife, Jannie, will both be with us, along with others, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, Ray planted Emmanuel Nashville at 58 years old, and he's coming up on 70 this year, in the next year or so, and looking to pass that church plant on to a younger guy. But what a great example of someone in the later years of their life, 58, going, i got I got some gas in the tank still. I got something to to give. I'm not done yet. And planting a church that's now had a healthy transition and man praise God for for guys more seasoned
1: in their years putting their hand up to say yeah, I'll plant a church too. And of course if there is a younger church planter who becomes the team leader or the pastor to have that sort of wisdom accompany that church plant this is for someone who might be a little older to say that if there is a young person in church they're planning a church plant they might need the wisdom of many years and uh, all of the uh, the knocks and and the rough and tumble of church life to go along with that to help that young church planter That's
2: right I think it's so important to have a as much as possible, and you know you can only work with what you have. But as much as possible, try and get a diversity of life experience uh, within that church planting team and core group. Uh, when it's just a, a you know a bunch of young bucks kind of doing their own thing, that is pretty predictable of how that's going to go. Not always badly, but you can kind of see where it's going to go. Uh, we so thinking of our journey at Liberty Church. Uh, we have a couple in our church named David and Allison that were the the older couple there during the early years in particular.
1: Adam, let's hold that story until after Vision National News and uh, we'll continue our conversation then. Adam Ramsey is the national leader of Acts 29 Network in Australia. He is preparing now for their National Network Conference to be held on the Gold Coast from the 22nd to the 24th of February and it's all about planting churches. Before we take some calls, uh, just be patient with us those who are calling uh, as the national leader uh, Adam and uh, this is continuing to expand uh, just your thoughts on 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 half the network at this point uh, ready to actually give birth to a new church this is something that is happening right now for those who are wondering about right. the health of the church in Australia uh, you've got your network of churches and half of those in the network are ready to give birth to another church
2: yeah that's right so the first few years in Acts 29 Australia New Zealand was about just, you know, phase 1.0, getting churches planted and healthy. Just getting them to a place of viability, becoming self-sustaining, that's really, really important. If you're going to plant healthy churches, you need to be a healthy church. So that was the first few years, and a guy named David Fandy, uh, his wife Wilma, were coming out three or four times a year from San Diego. They're an Acts 29 church over in the USA, and David was leading the network during those early years, And did a phenomenal, phenomenal job. And we officially passed that baton on to myself in the middle of last year. And we're at a place now that's really exciting where it feels like the wind is really in the sail and the Holy Spirit is moving. And we would have at least 50% of our network pregnant with a church plant themselves. Many of
1: them starting off as church plants just in the last few years or so. Well, let's take some calls. Our talkback line open 1-800-316-316. Your thoughts on church planting. You might have been a part of one of these. You might have a story to tell. Let's hear from Bill in Victoria. Hello, Bill. Welcome along to 2020. Bill, are you with us?
3: Program and may God bless you with your wonderful work and that. Um, I've uh, just got, got got a question for you, a bit of a challenge. But um, yeah, I've been working with and... and um, Planting churches amongst the homeless and uh looking at uh, jesus ministry in in uh, matthew um, fifteen twenty nine to thirty one he, he spent a fair bit of time amongst the uh, the reject the lepers the the um, in, in our context it'd probably be the homeless and uh just the the marginalized those sorts of people and um and then looking at acts um, chapter two forty three to forty five where it talks about the, uh, the, the 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 Christian Church redistributing resources so that the uh, poorer ones amongst them uh, aren't struggling. So I'm into planting churches amongst the homeless, amongst the uh, marginalised, the, the 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 rejects, the homeless. Uh, a lot of these people that um, you know the unemployed. We're seeing a lot of um, livelihoods being taken away by um, by automation and things like that. So that's Putting a lot of people into a very very difficult situation when you take a livelihood away from people, it makes it very very hard for them. You know they can't do the normal things that you and I would. Bill,
1: choose. you're it's describing some good stuff there. Let's get some you thoughts from sense Adam sense. on the on the sort of thing you're involved in. What was that? Sorry. Let's get some thoughts from uh, from Adam on the on the things that you're involved in.
2: Oh, Bill, I think that's fantastic that you're involved in in that particular sphere of church planting. And and you're right, it is so important. It uh, is a, a staple of the example that Jesus left for us in caring for the poor and reaching those who are in broken and hard places. And so uh, we actually have a, a, a couple of our church plants with Acts 29 that are in those difficult, lower socioeconomic areas in some of our major cities doing exactly what you just described And one of the things that that I'm really looking forward to is uh, uh, three collaboratives that Acts 29 is rolling out globally um, over the coming years to better reach the population of the world who currently are unreached with the gospel. And we see that those areas that these collaboratives will focus on includes Islam, the urban poor, and rural church plants. And so for us, we've just launched our urban poor church planting collaborative there. And that's being led by uh, Doug Logan uh, over in the east coast of the USA along with Mes McConnell who uh, founded 20 schemes and church in hard places in Edinburgh, Scotland, reaching some of the the the, the lower income schemes there in Edinburgh and, and church planting in particularly difficult places where there isn't finance, there isn't a uh, lost ability and where there is a lot of brokenness. And so uh, all of that to say there's there's just – a ton of resources, at least from, from our end of things, coming. Um, and I'd encourage you to even look up and engage with Mez McConnell and Church in Hard Places with what you're doing because it sounds like they'd be a real blessing to you and the work you're doing right now.
1: Bill, before we let you go, uh, describe for us just how things look when you're planting a church with homeless people.
3: Well, well you sort of um, – so so th- this uh, this trend that we're seeing – in Western countries where livelihoods, people are getting very, very rich by mm. taking people's livelihood. That's with automation. We're getting more and more people who are destitute, who are, who are losing meaning and direction and purpose in life because they, their, their, their contribution to society, all these sorts of things are being systematically taken from them and people getting very rich from exploiting it. So there's, there's a need for standing up for people to represent their basic needs. And in terms of actually witnessing for Jesus, we're, we're finding that um, when we're amongst these poor, uh, destitute people, that there's a real need to redistribute from the well-off Christians to the people who are in utter poverty—not necessarily through their own, but because they've been they've been exploited—but to redistribute, and that's part of our witness too, of being in solidarity, sharing their struggles, mm. and and making sure that they've got their basic necessities, and encouraging them bringing hope and bringing the the good news of Jesus uh, trying to live that out amongst them and, and bringing the good news in, in, uh, in discipling them, journeying with them, sharing their struggles and those sorts of things. So, Bill, um,
1: I want to honour yeah. you because you're doing a wonderful work. Uh, keep up that great work church planting uh, to people who are homeless, those who are in lower socioeconomic conditions. And as you are indicating, uh, over the years to come, this may be a real growth area, reaching out to people who are homeless. Uh, a quick uh, last uh, thought for uh, for uh, for Bill from Adam? Yeah, I was going to say, Bill,
2: that's one of the things that we really value about a church planting network uh, like Acts 29. It's one of the things I love seeing is that you have this incredible diversity of churches, not just uh, globally and ethnically and language and, and geographically and socioeconomically and all these different factors, but you see this unity around the commitment to planting church, planting churches that lift the name of Jesus high, and being a part of a network that isn't a denomination, nor do we want to be, but a cross denominational network, we're able to, to see some great partnerships that leverage the resources and wealth of, say, larger churches or more affluential churches for the sake of those that don't have some of those resources planting in hard places like you're describing.
1: Bill from Victoria, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call from Sandra, also in Victoria. Hello, Sandra.
3: Hello, Pastor.
1: Sandra, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I just want to say afternoon to uh, Adam too at at the same time. Yeah, I'd like to know myself better as a bit of a maid Marian. Okay, of a best friend.
1: All right, good. And are you on what Bill just said? Yes. Are you yeah, a part of any sort of a church planting project, or yeah, have you seen this sort of thing um, happening, I Sandra? Am
3: very much so. I'd like to see what we all know as um, Christians and religious people alike. Uh, um, uh, what's going on in the world? The proverbial uh, taking from the rich, uh, rich and. Uh, like Robin what a maid Mary did taking from the rich
1: and giving to the poor Sandra interesting thoughts thank you so much for your call uh, let's just expand on this just for a moment Adam uh, interesting to hear from Bill earlier who was saying church outreach planting churches amongst the homeless amongst the poor uh, this idea of redistribution uh, that's obviously uh, that's going to be a, that's a whole big conversation to have But some people will be thinking, isn't it easier to plant a middle-class church into a middle-class community and there'll be a viable capacity then to support the growth of the ministry? Uh, It takes extra commitment to reach out and to plant a church with the poor. And yet when I think of what Jesus might do, he would be having an eye to the poor and there would be a commitment from that middle class or even that higher class. And somehow or other there would be an influx of resources that would come into that community to help that community flourish. What are your thoughts based on generally what Sandra's talking about and also what Bill was saying? Oh, There's no doubt that we as the church, and speaking in the terms of the
2: capital C global church, we need to do better in meeting the poor through church planting efforts in ways that are uh, comprehensible and helpful and contextualized in those parts of the world. Uh, we are not going to reach the world with the good news of Jesus without going to and resourcing churches to be planted in the hard, difficult, broken corners of our society. And so I, I think absolutely both of them have hit the nail on the head with the need. We need to, we need to do a better job there. And so for us, that's where this urban-poor collaborative really comes into play, that we can not only... Uh, partner churches together that might be more middle class or uh, in upper class areas and have wealth and resources and things like that, but to then bring them into relationships because it all has to be done in relationship. There's got to be a mutual partnership happening there for it to be sustainable, uh, but to to set up and to to help those relationships for the sake of better equipping church planting in hard places. And then not just uh, financially, but even training. Uh, getting training from real practitioners who actually are planting in hard places and are living in hard places and are currently doing the very things that maybe some of us planting in more suburban middle-class areas, we don't have the the, the foot feet on the ground um, presence that we would maybe want to have in some of those places just yet.
1: Let's get the guys in who are doing that To teach the rest of us. Uh, Before we get into a big conversation about uh, wealth redistribution, something happens when there are uh, church plants into uh, poorer communities. And I'm just reflecting on uh, my understanding, and uh, you might be familiar with the great missiologist Donald McGavran, who came out with a wonderful, wonderful observation. Uh, that when churches are planted in poorer communities, and he was talking missionally into uh, tribal communities, uh, what happened was uh, as people were experiencing redemption and they were gathering in this community, the blessing of God was coming to them and they were being lifted out of their poverty. Now, there is something special happening uh, so far as church planting into communities like Bill was talking about. What will naturally happen will be that people will through this rubbing shoulders with one another, overcome some of those dysfunctions that may be happening within a homeless community, and there will be a natural lift. And when I say natural, it comes as a result of what happens with a spiritual principle there. God's blessing comes as there is the rubbing shoulders, as there is the pastoral oversight, as there is the coaching a life that has got things in dysfunction. When those things come into an orderliness, then a life changes and God's blessing comes. What are your thoughts? Just very quickly before we take another call, but uh, this idea of it's not necessarily a wealth distribution that comes from uh, that wealthier side of church, because the church that's planting may not be a wealthy church anyway. It's going to be people who are passionate about planting churches. Your thoughts in general around those points? Well, I I think if
2: we look at the Acts church, we see a church that was serious about community. They they shared their lives. They weren't checking a box for an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday and then going about the rest of their lives as a disconnected group of individuals with some similar worldviews around Jesus. They were knit together by the Holy Spirit. And so the gospel and only the gospel can bring about the kind of unity that can uh, see. I mean, you know, Acts, Acts chapter two, uh, it talks about uh, and they shed all things in common. Right. And so there, there's this presence now together in relationship around the gospel under the word of God, where they're naturally wanting to meet one another's needs because they see it because relationship has happened there. And I think the same happens when we plant healthy churches in. In those hard places, sort of to, like, similar to what you're saying there, just the sheer presence of a community of believers meeting one another's needs there is going to lift uh, the, the
1: level of human flourishing in that place. And the sort of sacrifice that we might see from the book of Acts, and I'm thinking of Barnabas who sold a block of land and brought the proceeds and laid that at the feet of the apostles and that was his contribution into the formation of the earliest church Uh, then you have the whole uh, Ananias and Sapphira story which takes things to a new level too of the
2: story, Not a success
1: story. (laughs) (laughs) Pretending to be ones who are giving generously into the growth of the church and then somehow rather their hypocrisy exposed and really the hand of God very clearly clearly seen in the fact that he took their lives on that very day because that hypocrisy wasn't acceptable to God. But there is this sense in which people who are coming into community with one another, as they knit together in a community, then they are going to be sharing their wisdom expertise and even their resources absolutely yeah absolutely we're taking calls on 1-800-316-316 talking through the nitty-gritty stuff planting a church i wonder whether your church could be a church planting church and uh, there is some opportunity for you to connect with the Acts 29 network. In fact, they have a conference coming up on the Gold Coast, 22nd to the 24th of February. We're taking calls on one eight hundred 316 Let's hear from Jonathan in Perth. Hello, Jonathan. Welcome along. Yes, hello. Jonathan, what are your thoughts today?
3: Yes, when, you know, when I listen to why you talk about poverty or poor, I don't know what, I, according to what Jesus said about person who is poor, those who are poor in spirit, they are the people. You can be rich, and you are poor in spirit. Amen. So you know, those who are poor in spirit, even they are rich financially, but when they are touched with the gospel, they will release their riches, and they're giving to those who are in need. So spiritual poverty is greater than physical poverty.
1: So, Absolutely. Jonathan, absolute wisdom. Fabulous insight there because when we talk about uh, the poor and uh, the sharing of resources, uh, this sort of spiritual poverty, as Jonathan is describing, is a greater poverty than anything. That's right. Uh, your thoughts, Adam, for, for Jonathan? Absolutely. That's, that's,
2: you, you could not be more accurate, Jonathan. Uh, I can't remember who said the quote, but it goes to the effect of some people are so poor. All they have is money. And there is a spiritual richness and wealth that I know as I've traveled to different parts of the world and worshipped and fellowshipped with believers in different contexts and very broken contexts. I have been the one who was made aware of, though I live in a more affluent uh, society like the East Coast of Australia. uh how much richer some of my brothers and sisters in Papua New Guinea and the Solomon Islands and deep in the bush in Malawi uh, actually are uh, and I've walked away enriched simply by being in their presence. And so uh, I completely agree with you. Let's let's meet the spiritual poverty with the gospel and planting churches and going and doing good works and mercy ministries in the name of Jesus. And I don't think they ever need to be an either-or. It's a both-and.
0: Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson. A biblical perspective
1: on life, culture, and current events. Adam Ramsey is our guest. We're talking about planting churches. There's a conference coming up on the Gold Coast 22nd to the 24th of February. Uh, no doubt it will be a very good and inspiring conference. Adam, this lasts just a couple of minutes remaining for our conversation. You're not looking to just adopt just anyone. Uh, you do have a criteria. Uh, There is an assessment process, but you do want to make contact with people who have a passion for church planting and you want to see something started in their experience, in whatever church they're a part of, uh, to actually get something going, a spark of revival to come, and all of those good things we've been talking about this hour. Uh, The conference coming up, what are your expectations?
2: We are so looking forward to what God is going to do in our time together next week. So we'll kick off on Thursday night, February 22nd, and roll through till saturday midday and finish just after lunch on saturday and um, we have ray and jenny ortland with us over from the u.s and, and the theme of the conference is stand firm and we're, we're living in interesting times in strange days and there is i think more than ever the need for both courage and humility and a long haul view of the race that jesus has set before us to run and so having uh A more seasoned couple like Ray and Janny coming and speaking into um, a quite young network like ours here in Australia and New Zealand. We are just really looking forward to that. Um, We've got Mark Sayers coming up from Melbourne. Mark is one of the, uh, in my opinion, best, uh, sharpest cultural experts on what's happening right now in Western culture and how we as the church can be responding and living in light of that. So Mark will be up and we're excited to have his voice. And we'll have a few of our Acts 29 Uh, planters and and pastors there speaking as well, along with Austin Stone Worship, who are a phenomenal uh, worship band, worship collective based in
1: Texas, in the USA. They'll be doing all the worship during conference. Now, people can register online. Simply go to acts29.com. When you go to that website, acts29.com, there'll be a link there to your Gold Coast outfit and an ability for people to register online.
2: That's right. You'll be able to find us under the events page tab on the front page of axe29.com or uh, we're on pretty much every social media channel and you can look up axe29 australia new zealand and we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on instagram and find us on there there'll be lots of stuff about the conference
1: coming up it's going to be a great time Well, Adam Ramsey, just a pleasure getting your insights. And there's so much more to talk about when it comes to planting churches. But uh, great insights today. All the best for the conference. Uh, Asking for God's blessing on that conference, uh, that it might be the inspiration for everyone right across Uh, the congregation who will gather for the conference to really uh, take this another step further uh, for the planting of churches that will eventually be planters of churches. Amen. Adam, thanks so much for being with us on 2020. It's been a joy. Thank you. Before you go, thanks for listening.
0: There's lots more great audio on demand or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember, Vision is listener supported.